When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast, which will be even more disorganised than usual because this is a last-minute podcast thrown together to discuss Rangers' epic victory over Porto. I say epic, it wasn't really that epic. I'm probably... <laughs> it's a, a little bit of um, hubris there, but uh, nevertheless, we shall continue. Scott, you were at the game. You were doing the match ratings. You caused some consternation on, <laughs> the, on the Record Sports Desk last <laughs> night, myself so. and Mark, covering the game, looking at Glenn Kamara's marks, thinking... We're going to get some excellent, <laughs> excellent scores here in from Scott. And, and saw a six. What, what a six? I thought that was fair, Johnny. Uh, listen, the ratings are... I'm surprised you've not had a phone call. Listen, <laughs> ratings, are, <laughs> ratings are difficult, as you well know. Uh, it's hard when you're sitting watching 45 minutes, which I thought was really poor for Rangers. Stephen Gerrard pretty much admitted that himself. Uh, the game itself was pretty poor. I mean, Porto look sharper and slicker in that first 45 minutes more dangerous but no didn't he really create anything other than the the great save that McGregor pulled off it was it was offside anyway Rangers actually created the the best couple of wee openings at, at the other end even though they weren't playing well so no I thought in the first half I, I, we're going to talk about it I suppose but the Rangers midfield was getting kind of overran. I, I felt Davis and Jack and Kamara were struggling to get a grip of the, uh, struggling to get a grip of the game, get a, get a real foothold in it. Uh, I didn't think any of them played particularly well in the first half. Probably Jack was the, the best of the three. Um, Kamara specifically, I just thought get caught in the ball a few times. Uh, concentration levels, no, his passing wasn't quite quite as crisp as it usually is. But listen, he improved like every other player. He improved. After the break, um, came on to a game. Backtracking. As, as did Davis he, and Jack. He knows Glenn's a listener. <laughs> maybe, maybe deserved this. Yeah, you know, I think. I think maybe. Obviously, you see a different game when you're there. You're, you're on TV, but uh, for me, when I was watching it on TV, I thought Kamara was the best of the three midfielders. Uh, I thought he was. He was the one that actually kind of had a wee bit of control to this game, whereas Jack and Davis were all over the place. And then I thought Stephen Davis was the best midfielder on the pitch by a mile and, I thought and first came half into the game second half. I thought first half he was poor. I thought he was losing the ball a lot. He was getting caught on it. He wasn't really getting into his tackles like he normally does. But I just thought that they, they, they couldn't deal with the formation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 it spooked them. No, it was like... I'd never really seen it. I mean, it was essentially 5-1-3-1. One, one. Yeah. Um, no, the five across the back. Danilo, who was a like, man mountain sitting in front of them and that because he has strength and power you know, and kind of stature it then allowed three quick players as well as uh, Suarez the striker to, to really press Rangers high and I don't think Rangers knew how to how to deal with it Is that quite revealing about the amount of preparation now that Rangers Definitely. are getting from Michael Beale yep. the, that they looked so spooked that they had to find their foothold in the game and it took them so long because actually they're going into these games totally prepared for the opposition yep, and that Sergio Conceição did that 
it, it did actually was, unreal the whole that's thing. That's what I was going to say. What what I think it does prove is how much preparation Porto put, in, put into the game. Yeah. Because of how Rangers played in Portugal in the first game, they had to come up with a come up with a plan because um, Rangers get far too much joy through Barisic and Kent and Morelos and that, and that, and that first game um, and they had to stop it and I think they did that last night the five at the back gave them real strength Rangers couldn't really break them down couldn't get the wide players uh, in behind even when they came inside but by having Danilo sitting it still it allowed them to have the five at the back but it still allowed them to have three Quick players, I say, pressing Rangers high, and it was it was a difficult first half. I mean, the, the best thing about the first half, you can say, for Rangers' point of view, is that that they got in at nil nil, and no, you need to give them credit for actually staying in the game because I think you no know, previous Rangers teams might have lost a goal or two, but after being so spooked by the for, by the formation, it might have went so awry that they, that they lost a couple of goals. The one thing you can say about this team is even when they do need to work it know what's going wrong or what they need to change they stay in the game and I think a lot of that to be fair is to do, to do with the two centre-backs who I thought were, were terrific last night Before we leave the Glycomara stuff I think something that needs to be mentioned is that goal they cleared from him as well yeah. uh, it was, that was a, that kept Rangers at the game at the time they were Porto were all over Rangers uh, absolutely dominated the game I don't really know what happened with the goal. It seemed to just bounce off Pepe, or not off the goal, but with the chance it seemed to bounce off Pepe. Just I think he flicked it to give him a little bit of credit. That just went right over McGregor's head, but it was just a, a brilliant bit of defending from Kamara to clear it, and that alone deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> there was also uh, an element of uh, that emphatic uh, last-ditch defending from Conor Goldson, who also cleared off the line uh, a shot later on in the game. That It was a, such a crucial moment, and for me, Scott... It was a game that turned on moments, not not in terms of patterns or tactics. It was moments in the end. Yep. Alfredo Morelos, a moment of decisive quality. Conor Goldson, a moment of decisive quality in terms of defending. Glenn Kamara, the same. In terms of that, how big is Alfredo Morelos now for Rangers? Well, I mean, his value just keeps getting up. Doesn't it? Every, <laughs> Sorry, just fancy now. 30 to 40 million now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'll, I'll be honest, that type of finish... I don't know if I thought uh, Morelos was capable of that kind of finish maybe a, a year ago. Um, left foot. Left foot. To have the composure, to let it come across your body. The first touch is exquisite. Um, and the way he hits it is the only way he can hit that ball, not to get it, to get it in, uh, not to get into the net the way, yeah, the way yeah. it does. It goes in like a dart. And you know, for where we were sitting in the, the kind of press gantry, which was kind of... No, behind Morelos, as soon as it left his foot, you knew it was. You knew exactly where it was going. Um, and as I say, it's credit to him. I think it shows you how much he's come on. That I don't think a lot of people, no, a lot of people rated him and knew he had potential and you no know, thought he was going to be a big player for Rangers. But in terms of the composure and that kind of potency, you no, know, in terms of that finish, I don't think people people really thought he had that in him. Uh, Mark, you know that myself and Scott are older. Uh, you know the dictionary definition of your dad. You'll find a picture of us <laughs> two in there. Um, but in your lifetime, or your time watching Rangers, how good is Alfredo Morelos in comparison to those other players you've watched? I, in terms of strikers, he's the best. Nikita uh, Jelovic, maybe yeah, maybe Jelovic as well. But I think his all-round game is better than Jelovic's. Jelovic as a finisher was unbelievable. But I think Morelos all round game the way he licks up the play the way he bullies defenders is right now better than what Yelvich is 
uh, it was. Uh, I think as, as well, he'll go on to have a better career than Jovic does once he leaves Rangers. Uh, it's like the way the way he plays. I think you said that about uh, his finish. I think maybe even last year he would have lashed at that, and it yeah. would just have would have went flying over the bar. And it's the same with same as Sunday. I, I spoke about this in the podcast the other day. Uh, how many times did you see Morel shoot from that angle where he crossed for Hollander? Yeah, uh, it's on the for the, the cup semi final. It's a sign of how he's developing as a player as well, and I think credit needs to go to Gerard and probably Michael Beale as well on that. He's, he's a complete modern forward, isn't he? I mean, we've seen players arrive at Rangers, players like Chris Boyd who were deadly in front of goal, but they perhaps didn't have that overall game where um, they could adapt to the new modern style of striking where you have to lead the line, you have to run the channels, you have to stretch teams at your pace, you have to cause some problems with your physicality. But Morelos has all those things. And that's what sets him apart, isn't it, Scott? As I mean, I'm wary of comparing him to players. I mean, I think that's it's difficult. Yelovich was outstanding at, at Rangers. You know, scored big goals, goals against Celtic, the you no know, goal against Celtic in the cup final, won the won the league cup. Um, but he's certainly getting there, Morelos. I mean, he's, listen, he's still. No, without that to be negative, there's still wee moments in the first half where you can. No, you get frustrated by him because, no, as you say, Mark, he can have, no, even last night he lashed at a couple of things that went way over the bar yeah. and they put a cross in at, when it, at, the, at the back post. That you still get that wee bit of immaturity about him that you think will eventually be, be ironed out, but certainly there's no debating the improvement in him. Uh, he's, like, he's, like a different, he's like a different player. We history lesson from Mark. In 1997, Rangers paid £3.5 million for Marco Negri. I know this is before your time, <laughs> pal, but he scored 33 goals before the end of the year in his first season at the club. Uh, best not to talk about what happened after that. <laughs> um, he had a pretty serious eye injury and only scored another three goals after that. Now, the thing is, Morelos, and this is testament to how big an impact he's making this season he's only well that's him on 21 so he's 12 goals away from hitting that 33 tally before December that's made Marco Negri a storied figure in Rangers yeah. history because it was so exceptional he's a better player than Negri he, he is and he's yeah. got 11 games Scott to grab those 12 goals I mean, would you even discount him doing that at his current rate of scoring no. which is 0.83 per game he will hit 30 before yeah. the end of the year no there's every chance um, you wouldn't rule it out and as I say, I think he's better. Negri was Negri was a poacher, no a yeah. complete poacher. No, came up with some great finishes, particularly in that run uh, that Johnny's talking about. But he didn't. No, Negri didn't hassle defenders as much. He didn't cause defenders as much nightmares as uh, as Morelos does, just with his power and his pace and just that nuisance value. I think no, a lot of defenders. I said Negri. It was quite easy to play against, but if you give him one chance, no, he would he would score it. He would punish you. Um, so I'd certainly put my head put my head him. Um, but no, listen, thirty three goals by December, you certainly wouldn't certainly wouldn't rule it out at the moment. Martin, there's been a lot of people on social media who have had their old tweets dug up. I think there was some video of Chris Sutton I saw earlier who was saying he should sell him after the with the five red cards. Tam McManus was getting it tight for tweets. <laughs> There's been a number of, of things brought up from the past. In fact, I was getting it tight earlier on. I've always been a, a big advocate of Morelos. Me and Scott on this podcast, I mean, about two months into his arrival, Ibrox were advocating him getting a new deal. Um, but I think I did a piece in, for Football Scotland saying that um, Chris Boyd had said that, that uh, Morelos was basically more trouble than he's worth. 
has he proven everyone wrong? Are we in a situation now people just can't deny how good he is? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, I think a lot of people, Rangers fans in particular, would have said he proved the wrong. wrong yeah, sorry, would have said he proved them wrong last season with the amount of goals he scored. Yeah, uh, but then you look at his red cards and you can see where the criticism comes from. But he's just completely different this season. He's not getting involved in any of it at all. And again, to go back to Sunday's game when he did almost get involved in it with uh, Stephen Naismith in the second half when he sprinted up, there's that great picture of him screaming in his face, yeah. but as soon as he does that, he then walks away and walks straight over to Stephen Gerrard to speak to him. Yeah. It's obvious if he realised that he, uh, I need to calm down a wee bit, just go over and get a talk, a drink of water, let Ryan Jack take the booking, but it's, it's you see it quite a lot this season as well, where he's doing that, he's not getting involved, He's if he is getting involved, he's acting as a peacemaker, which is the most bizarre thing about it all, is he's really calmed down and he's I, showing what he's worth as a striker. I definitely think Stephen Gerrard must have no, sat many lost down and someone had a proper chat with him about about everything. Um about how he felt at the club, you know, what his uh, what his kinda long term ambitions were, the discipline, obviously, because it all seems to have come together. You no, know, he looks happier on the pitch, um looks happier on the squad. I mean, I spoke to uh Kyle Lafferty last week about Mineralos. That was fascinating. That that piece there was and a number he, of points in it. Yeah, and he was saying about how no, no, he feared as well when Daniel Kandias left. Morelos might be kind out in the, the cold a wee bit in terms of the dressing room, but he seems to have really no people really seem to have embraced him. He's really very much part of that. I'll tell you another thing I noticed about last night, um, and I spoke to Alec Ray this morning, and he actually flagged it up as well. Uh, he noticed it as well. There was actually leadership qualities in Morelos last night. If you look at the first 20-25 minutes when Rangers weren't playing well, it's the first time in a Rangers jersey I've seen him actually cajoling people yeah. around him. He was screaming at defenders to get up and get Rangers further up the pitch. That's, you know, for a Rangers point of view, that's brilliant to see. I mean, he's only he's no long term 23, still young. For him to now start even showing those qualities... Um, it's just yet another improvement um, and I think it has going back to Gerald speaking to him I think it has been a double whammy that the, the, the discipline has improved enormously but I think his finishing and his composure in front of goal has improved as well and that, that's what no, those were the two things that had to improve I think from, from last season um, hey. and as I say he just looks no, he just looks happier and, and more comfortable in his, his surroundings. I think the Copa America snub probably had something to do with it as well. You know, you can see how much he loves playing for Colombia, how much it means to him and all the rest of it. So to miss out on that completely because of his discipline, I think he's realised then he really needs to knuckle down and behave himself a bit better. I, mean, I, th- I, think, Gerard, dis- I think Gerard would have said to him, Mark, listen, you're in danger of throwing all this away yeah. because of the discipline. He got left out of the last six games. Defoe came in. Gerard would have said to him, look, no, Defoe's there. I'll happily play him. I'll go and get somebody else. No, you cannot keep costing this club points and results by by getting red cards. And I'm sure Gerard would have said to him as well, if you really do want to play in the Premier League in a couple of years or you want to go to La Liga or wherever and you want to be in the Columbia squad regularly and playing, 
you're going to have to change. You're going to have to change your ways. And whatever's happened over the over the summer, it, it certainly looks as if Morelos has done it. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, that's uh, 15 European goals now. Um, I believe he's six off Alan McCoyce as the club's European yep. all-time goal scorer, which, I mean, if he, if he was going to stay for a couple of seasons, you would expect him to annihilate that, to be yeah. honest. And I know... You know, before we get Ali on the phone, no, normally he'd be texting you saying... Not a lot of qualifiers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I know that he was going up against really top-class opposition. Back in the day, there was no qualifiers. I mean, I think Rangers got Red Star Belgrade in the first round one year. Uh, who went on to win it and were absolutely it. terrific. Right, OK, we're going to move on to something uh, that I, I wanted to discuss, which was Rangers' experience and game management. Because the minute they got that goal, they, they, they did not panic... They kept the ball well. They looked re-energised. The crowd certainly helped uh, in terms of that. But that that is a sign of a maturing team for me. That's 15 games unbeaten now for Steven Gerrard at home. But Scott, do you sense that this is a team that is burgeoning, that is growing, that is becoming ever more confident and ever more potent in terms of European football, in terms of understanding the mechanics of how to win a game? Because Porto just didn't have a sniff. Well, certainly results would suggest that. I mean, Gerard's record in Europe has been incredible. Um, and he'll be annoyed, you no know, such as his standards, that that uh, kind of loss of three points in Switzerland against young boys will probably still be kind of gnawing away at him because it, it could come back to bite them yet in this in this group. No, they're not the finished article yet. Johnny, as I say, there was, you know, there was moments in the game, the first half last night, no, that weren't that weren't good enough. Steven Gerrard, Gerrard knows that. Um, so they're not the finished article, but you're right. It's the experience. It's the mentality now. It's no, it's big game players. No, like your Davis and your Goldson and your Morelos. Um, no, becoming used to this this European stage, that European environment. Um, probably. I mean, we're joking about qualifiers. I mean, probably having. All of the qualifiers has actually helped them in a way because they've played so many games now in Europe and went to difficult venues. No, even maybe not the best teams in Europe like your Ufa and no Micheland and places like that. But no tests for them going away from home that just has just added to their their experience and the and the mentality. Um, and in a way, it's quite graduated, isn't it? Because it's the qualifying round one, qualifying round two, three, and and each it level up. it goes yeah. up. So from a pre-season point of view, I know it's not ideal in terms of the volume of games and, and the way the games fall, no, but actually there is a positive element to it. I think it's worked for them. Um, and they're now at a stage, it was interesting asking a few of the players after the game last night, no, it's taken Rangers so long, <clears throat> given everything that's happened to the club, to get to this stage where you're now looking at you know, Porto and Feyenoord actually kind of you know, fearing going to Ibrox again for European games. I mean, if you'd have said to, to punters uh, kind of three or four years ago, that would have seemed like a long, long way off. Um, as I say, they're no, no, they're no the finished article yet, but certainly the vibe coming for players was that, you no know, last night, they've now got this mentality where it actually doesn't really matter who comes to Ibrox. Now, you know, with that atmosphere, you know, the crowd, as you say, the way Gerard and, and Michael Beale sets them up I don't think they would worry about, about anybody coming uh, which is which is incredible given the short period of time that Gerard's been there the next game Mark Feyenoord Dick Advoca in charge of course um, I mean what is he 72 now he's, he's still going strong um, 
in terms of the group, if Feyenoord win that and Porto win their game, that would be all four teams on seven points going into the last yeah. game. But it would mean Rangers face a home game against Young Boys. If they win that, they go through. At the same time, if you get a result in Feyenoord, you can sort it out quite quickly and they're not in great form. How, how do you see that going? Uh, I, well, I, I don't think you could say they're not in great form anymore. I mean, you're right, statistically they're not, but the card cat's going to change it around a bit. Uh, they're not going to be as easy to cut open as they were under Yapstav because uh, you would think that Yapstav would be solid defensively, but I've watched a few, ga- few of the games this season and they've been absolutely terrible. Uh, particularly the one he got sacked out against Ajax, they were ripped apart. It could have been... Ajax was, are not bad, to be fair. I know, but that, <laughs> that, that, that was 4-0 going on 10-0 quite yeah. comfortably. Uh, and, uh, I think but, if Stan was still in charge, Rangers could yeah. go over there and win. I do think the fact that, uh, that we Dick is there just adds a wee bit, you know, an extra element to it and does make it slightly tougher. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, I think Gavin wrote in his piece this morning that you know, when Dick Advocat left Rangers, his kind of parting gift was a, a, quote, a knockout phase game against Feyenoord That's right, yeah. before, before he left. And now you know, he could be the guy that kind of puts a, puts a span on the box um, with, the same, with the same club. Um so but it's a freebie though, isn't it? Because, uh, be because of happy. the young boys game. Yeah, they'd be quite happy to go over there and take an old old draw and yeah, and, hope and, for and, the best. And what I would say is, if you'd assess to any Rangers fan and Steven Gerrard before a ball was kicked in the group, listen, you're going to get to the last game at home to young boys and you know a win takes you through. I think they would have bitten your hand off for that at the yeah, start, of the, start of the group. Okay, we've got two minutes left. I'm just going to ask you quickly about Livingston. Mark, how do you see that game going at the weekend? I think it's going to be the exact same as the last two games against Livingston. It's going to be, exactly, it's going to be tough to watch, hard work. Uh, I think potentially maybe see Katic coming back in, given Hollander's performance there last time and tried to deal with the plastic pitch. Uh, I know he was right out of the squad last, year, but last night, but... I think it's something Gerard needs to do to deal with London Dykes. He's the one that could deal with the physical stuff best. Uh, yeah, I think Rangers should have enough to see it through if they go there with the right attitude and they're right up for it. But Livingston's always going to be a tough place to go the way they play. It's going to be horrible again, Johnny. I think it's. I mean, I've been to Livingston a couple of times in the last three or four weeks against Hearts and Aberdeen. Both terrible games of football. Um, <laughs> every every big club has struggled there this season you see what they did to, did to Celtic so it's going to be a big test for Rangers just because of that come down you know, that you talk, we've talked about so many times over the years for the old firm when they have these big European nights in midweek and get a positive result you no know, huge crowd huge atmosphere and then you need to turn up at the Tony Macaroni on a Sunday and uh, playing the, the plastic pitch you, know, it, you can't underestimate how difficult that will be for, for players it's, it's understandable but Rangers just need to have the right mentality. Um, they should know what they're going to expect. Now, the first time Steven Gerrard went there, it was a culture shock for a lot of them. Uh, they lost the game. It was a terrible performance. I think they have learned since then. They've obviously been back and won, albeit scrappily. Um, and I agree with Matt. I think there could be a couple of changes. I actually think he's going to he'll pick players to suit that game. Yeah. Uh Katic or Edmondson might come in for Hillander. Um I'm even thinking Flanagan maybe for Barisic just to give him a wee give him a break. That's uh, it. Barisic played a lot of football over the last six has, weeks or so. He has. I mean I suppose the international breaks coming up after this game, so 
Um, Barisic so, never looks 100% comfortable in these physical battle-type no. games. I know he's, he's improved immensely. We've discussed, about, discussed yep. it. But, but these are the games where he kind of yeah. does still look like he could be exposed occasionally. Yeah, I, I could see maybe Flanagan coming in. I don't know. Listen, I'm ju- I, I just think Gerard will want to freshen up, particularly going to that venue. Um, it's going to be physical. Flanagan likes that. Is there a case for Greg Docherty maybe coming in? He seems to be completely out in the cold, but the physicality, the power, the aggression. I think he's too far out in the cold yeah. now. Yeah. I, I think I, I think Aribo could come in for uh, for Kamara uh, after his sixth performance last night. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Scott Arfield as well is about to be back in. I think Arfield could come back in on the on one flank. Maybe I was amazed. I mean, we've not really touched on it, but no, despite. Uh, not a brilliant result for Rangers. The the Brandon Barker starting yeah. was bamboozling. Um, well, no, I don't think it was. I think that's a little bit unfair. I, I completely understand why uh, he started them because he clearly thought Porto are still going to be a massive threat. They're still going to be coming forward uh, in a way that's going to cause us severe problems and we want to hit them with pace because one thing they won't be able to cope with when they've got a 36-year-old centre-back in Pepe is pace and people travelling with the ball and run at them. I don't, I don't think Barker's shown yeah. any, any of that, that pace since he's, since he's come in. Um, I don't think he's... I mean, I know a couple of people were saying oh, he, he did okay. And, yeah, I and thought, he, I thought he did okay. He, he had a couple of wee flashes. Listen, I'm not going to argue with Stephen Gerrard. He knows better than me. He must see something in Brandon Barker that he felt was suited to those games in particular. Because, I mean, they're the two biggest European games Rangers have played this season, home and away to Porto, and Barker started both, even though he's not played so many league games. So Gerard obviously has seen something in training, or tactically, that you know, made him uh, pick him for those games. Personally, no, I, I didn't really see it. I don't think he played particularly well in any of the games, especially last night. I thought he just looked a wee bit... Uh, a wee bit kind of lost, a wee bit overawed in the first half, <clears throat> and I thought it was crying out for Arfield to take come on. And you're saying about Porto being a threat, and I agree. But I think with Kent and Morelos, you no, know, the final third that gives you the outlet, you no, know, it gives you that pace. I think on the other side, as Rangers have done so often, but you no, know, getting that balance right, I think Arfield could have helped. You no know, Tavernier, who I think the two, I thought the two fullbacks uh, struggled with the. The formation that we're talking about struggled to deal with that, uh, with players coming at them. Um, so I think Arfield would have helped with that. He would have helped the midfield as well because his natural instinct is to, uh, is to come inside. Um, so Barker, I'd be surprised if he starts at Livy, put it that way. Um, I can see Arfield coming. Arfield or Ojo certainly coming back in. Okay, I'm going to call it a day before I register any more of Mark's deep breathing down there. If in case you're wondering what that is, guys, I don't know why, but Mark's got a propensity just to breathe down. I've got those issues I have to <laughs> right. go through my mouth. Okay, that's your excuse. Um, if you get any weird calls Aye. and you can match up the, the noises, you know who it is. Right, guys, uh, that's all from us here at uh, the Record uh, f- Record Rangers podcast, nearly forgot the name of the podcast, I'm having one of those mayors. If you want to get in touch with us to discuss anything we've touched on today, including Scott's 6 out of 10 for Glenn Kamara, get us on Twitter, you can get Scott at Scott McDermott 8, you can get Mark McDougall at McDougall1994. How many times have you asked this? <laughs> I don't remember your Twitter handle, mate. You're not important enough. It's just because we can't believe that was the year you were born. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and you can get me at Johnny R. McFarlane. Until next time, thanks for listening.
Let your body use your mind.